This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to The Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, November 10th. This is episode 358. It has only been, I think, five days since we recorded last. My name is Dan Ellis, and I'm joined via remote connection by two very, very nifty co-hosts. You're not awesome this week. You're very, very nifty. (laughs) That would be Mr. Taylor Grin. Hey, hey. And Mr. Ryan Duffy. Why did I go third? You're (laughs) second on the list of calls. It's an alphabetical order. Yeah. There you go. Wait. Uh-huh. By first name or last name? Oh. I was going I was thinking last name, so I'm like, wait, that's backwards. Mm-hmm. Still, yeah. Uh what's new with you guys? What have you been doing over the last week? Let's let's start with you this week, Taylor. Oh, um, not really anything has been going on since we recorded last. I saw the Eternals. Um, there's a conversation we want to have about it once more people have had the opportunity to see it because mm-hmm. I think it was a fantastic analogy for um, all I'm going to say is I think it makes a fantastic analogy for the ethics of abortion, but you have to think laterally to see it. And that's all I'll say for now. Huh. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it should make sense when you watch it. There's okay. mama boredom. I'm not going to say anything <laughs> else because I don't want to ruin plot. Um, but I think that the, the main plot is a fantastic analogy for abortion. Huh. Um, that being said, um, I'm getting ready to go to the convention in Boston, the FFRF convention in Boston next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, actually wanted to talk to you, Dan, because I'm thinking about uh, trimming my beard pretty short before I go. Oh, yeah. Um, like, like probably taking off pretty much everything below my jawline because mm-hmm. um, I'm going to have to wear a mask in the airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then while indoors for the whole event, I'm going to have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, despite it being a everyone is vaccinated event. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not against wearing a mask, but it crimps my beard really fucking bad. <laughs> like just really bad. I had to wear, I had to wear a mask to go in to get a military ID for my, uh, my new contracting job. Mm-hmm. And I spent maybe two hours in total wearing a mask going into the, the, the military, you know, ID office place that I had to go to. And for like a week and a half, I had this terrible fucking divot in my beard (laughs) that like straightening it and using products and stuff. None of it fixed it. And so I'm thinking about trimming the beard so that I don't go through the whole convention with just like my my face fuzz, like (laughs) poking out at a 90 degree angle to my head. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on that before well, I, I made a huge I, mistake because I've got about two, three inches worth of beard at this point. And I'm uh, nervous. Uh-huh. I personally think it's the most appropriate time to go Wolverine. No, see, I'm not. I'm not going oh. to skin anywhere. I'm going to maintain beard, but I'm I'm thinking about uh, cutting it off, like like basically below my jawline, so that it won't do that crimping thing. So the mask will just oh. go over it. I just lost all hope of a tailoring. Yeah. It's, 
<laughs> well, it's kind of funny that you should mention that because over the weekend we had uh, Danica has now had, I think, three baby, three different baby showers. Danica is Tracy's daughter, my stepdaughter, who is pregnant. And uh, our first grandchild is due right around Christmas next month. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she's had three baby showers. She had the one with, you know, her side of the family uh, on Saturday, and it was a co-ed baby shower. So we all go, and it was uh, that everybody there, you know, was was asked to wear a mask. Um, and as far as I know, the only fucking person who is not vaccinated is her, is the, is the person who impregnated her. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. who's not mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination anywhere near the top 10 list of my favorite people on the face of the planet. Um, yep. And so uh, he, like I say, is the only person who is unvaccinated. As far as I know, everybody, as far as I know, everybody else there was vaccinated and yet everybody had to wear a mask because this fucking clown is too much of a fucking baby to go and get a vaccination because he's afeard of it. And so I, you know, I had to wear a mask the whole time and you're absolutely correct. It does like, it does this, uh, like it steam irons a nice little (laughs) half moon Mm -hmm. around my chin when I have to wear a mask and it is still kind of there. I think you can still kind of see it. Yeah. I can still see the little wavy dip there. Yeah. And it'll be there for a few days. Just, I mean, and that's, that's after, you know, showering, shampooing, conditioning, using beard oil, combing, all of that shit. And it'll be there for days because Mm -hmm. it like, it like does a weird, like it, it makes a permanent crease in my beard or semi-permanent crease. And so, yeah, it's, if you want to, I mean, it's, it'll, it'll be fine. It'll eventually come out after like a week week and a half mm-hmm. as long as I don't have to wear a mask again for, for any long <laughs> period of time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's entirely up to you. It is kind of a pain. Um, you know, after wearing a mask for a while and trying to talk with a mask on with a beard, mm-hmm. I end up with like a mouthful of hair also. And so then it's like, <laughs> yeah, you got to yep. pull down the mask and like, you know, brush the hairs out of your mouth and out of the way. And it's, so it's kind of a pain in the ass. I, I get why you would want to, you know, go short for whatever, if you're going to have to wear a mask for any period of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not sure. Sandra's in favor of it. Not because she dislikes my beard, but because she's like, it's, it's a convenience. And then you can just start fresh. Like rather than having to untrain that big crimp in the beard, I can just like grow my hair out and it'll be on, you know, impacted by it. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, I'm like, that's, that's, I mean, that's half a year of growth yeah. uh, mm-hmm. for me because because I'm about a centimeter a month. And so I don't know that I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, like I say, it's entirely up to you, your call. Uh, you, and you can live with the crimpy thing for a little yeah. while. Uh, I would say yeah. it'll straighten itself out faster than you can grow it out. It's probably right. It's probably right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Sorry, this has been uh, Beard Talk. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> you know, speaking of uh, masks and COVID, we're on fucking lockdown at work again. Oh, no. Oh, Why? What happened? Because some dumbass came to work sick. Oh, mm. fun. Why the fuck do people do that? It's it's well, this. Here, here's where I'll go with why he came in sick. All right. He's a new guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. He doesn't have sick leave. 
which is another like that's a whole other issue. Other issue. Yeah. It's like an that's organizational whole, problem, not a well, uh, it's a government thing. We get one. Yeah. We get uh seven hours of sick leave every pay period, fourteen hours a month. Mm-hmm. Our shift is seventy-two hours long. Mm-hmm. So it takes like four months to even be able to have enough sick leave for one shift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He ain't been here that long. Mm-hmm. Right. What I'm saying is, is that an intelligent organization would front load a certain amount of sick leave yes. and then like say, require you to pay that down as a draw over the course Agreed. of your first few months working there. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Especially when there's a pandemic going around. And yeah. if you're told to take sick leave, if you don't feel good, but you don't have sick leave. Mm-hmm. So you have to come to work. Mm-hmm. So he came to work. He was there for three days. And uh, he said that when he got home, he realized he really couldn't taste or smell anything. Yeah, Jesus. And that he had been feeling sick all week and went and got tested and, yep, popped positive on the rapid test and went and got the, uh, the, the saliva test and, yep, popped positive on that. Boom, entire department on lockdown. How fun for I'm you sorry, guys. Man. So we're on lockdown for two weeks. So it's basically like sitting in a prison cell for three days because we – Basically, got told, go to your fucking room. Don't come out unless you're eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the quote unquote Protestant work ethic is fucking stupid. Like the whole, the oh, whole dude, the whole idea of, well, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm going to soldier on and I'm going to go to work sick and, you know, I'm going to prove to everybody what a great work ethic I have and how much I, you know, am dedicated to my job. No, fuck you, stupid ass. You're just getting other people sick. You're bringing down yeah, productivity mm-hmm. across the board because you're too fucking stupid to stay home. And I hate that shit. I I really do. Like we should be, we should be working just enough so that like societal needs are met and we can have leisure shit and then spend our time doing leisure shit. Oh yeah. 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 We're all serfs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People seem to think that, you know, this, this attitude of, well, I'll just put up with all kinds of shit and go to work anyway. And, and, you know, eat, eat bowls full of turds every day and act like I like it because that's what I'm here to do. And that's what a job is without realizing that it doesn't have to be that way. Like what, who, why, why would you want it to be that way? Why would you keep it that way? Why haven't we made changes so that like Taylor said, people have sick leave as soon as they start a job so that they don't come into work, get everybody else sick and then drag down productivity for the whole fucking company. Yeah. I mean, you should automatically have sick leave on the books the day you start. So if you are uh sick, You can leave. Yeah. Don't abuse it. Don't be like, oh, I already got a week's worth of sick leave on the books. Cool. I'm going to take that right now. Sandra, Sandra would be a lot better at explaining this than me, but like going back to when there were still like kings and shit, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. there was this concept of the great chain and it was like kind of a social hierarchy going from like kings and priests all the way down to peasants. And one of the core assumptions about that was that human beings are lazy and if you don't force them to work they won't um and that that would like cause societal upheaval which you know barring like like forgetting about the fact for a minute that you know our our nomadic ancestors only needed to work like 15 hours a week in order to sustain themselves right Mm -hmm. um but anyway this this thing like encompassed all of european society and a lot of the stuff that we have by way of capitalism has largely just been advancements from that, like, oh, yeah. like two steps forward, one step back from literally we will throw you in prison if you are out of a job mm-hmm. um, was was the history of our society. And 
America has progressed from that far more slowly than all of the other European nations. We're all we're all free range prisoners, basically, is how it works yeah. out now. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just I I think it's just ridiculous that there isn't some kind of safety net. I mean, you would think that as a corporation, as a as a business ah, owner. Yeah, you would you you would want to make sure that your productivity isn't dragged down by a single person deciding to come in and then infecting the rest of your workforce. But mm-hmm. no, apparently that would be a bad thing. Like and and then really, you know, because we have this atmosphere anyway that dictates that people who are sick come into work, then if you get everybody else sick, well then everybody will still just come into work sick and we'll deal with it that way. Not even stopping for a second to think about, okay, well, how much is productivity going to be affected even by those who come in to work while they're sick? Sure, they're coming into work, Mm -hmm. but they're not performing at their best because they're all sick. So, I don't know. It's just one of those dumb things that we do here in America that a lot of other wealthy nations don't do because they're a lot smarter than us about shit like that. Mm -hmm. And, well, also, Mm -hmm. since this guy is also new, he's still on his probationary period. Mm Mm-hmm. Which basically means up till the first year, he can be fired for anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Which is just wild to me. Yeah. So he wants to, you know, make it through probation yeah. and get to be an invested employee. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to blame the new guy for doing this, but I'm sure it still happens anyway. Everybody's probably not very oh, yeah. happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we made, we made comments where someone said, um, so, do you want to punch him? Want me to punch him for you? <laughs> I can punch him for you. Like, yeah, fucking punch him. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, speaking of violence and making comments elsewhere, uh, I I made a post on Facebook uh, last week because uh, a different Facebook friend of mine, or, or a Facebook acquaintance, I don't even really know who this person is, but we're somehow friends on Facebook. They made a post saying, Who's with me? We need to bring back where we need to normalize spanking again, or spanking is just fine. Okay. It teaches children discipline, blah, blah, blah. Who's with me? Who, th- who agrees that spanking is a good idea? And of course I chimed in with no, of course not. And this was after a bunch of people were like, yeah, if you don't spank people, then that raises a bunch of snot nosed kids who don't, don't do anything. They're irresponsible and they're lazy. And so I was busy replying to a bunch of those types of comments and Uh, got into an exchange with one person in particular who said that, um, you know, spanking is just fine. There's a difference between spanking your child and beating your child. And I said, okay, well, make that make sense to me. Tell me the difference here. What is the difference between spanking your child and beating your child? Where do you draw the line? What is the line? How is it a line? You're still Mm -hmm. striking a defenseless child either way who doesn't understand why the fuck you're hitting them. A person that they are supposed to be able to trust explicitly and implicitly and love without reservation and not be afraid of. And you're teaching them the exact opposite through hitting them. So tell me how that works out to be any better and, and the difference between spanking and beating. And her response was, well, I would beat an adult and I would spank a child. There's a difference. And I said, so you're trying to tell me that you can't discipline your child without hitting them. It sounds like you're a shitty parent. And I got hit with a seven day ban on Facebook. Yeah. Did that give you any ability to like appeal it or? Oh, sure. Like yeah. Send it to a human. Yeah. I, I can appeal it and I have appealed it. And 
and there aren't enough people to look at it. And so then the seven day period, like initially I had a 24 ban for some stupid shit similar to this. And then a three day ban for some shit similar to this. And because there are no humans available, it just keeps progressing because there's no human available to look at it and go, Oh no, this is fine. In, in context, this is, this is good. And so then it just keeps compounding so you end up with a 24 and then a three day and now I've got a seven day. And now because nobody's going to be able to look at this for a fucking week, I have to watch myself for at least the next month <laughs> or else I'll get hit with a 30 day ban. Like yeah. it's just, it's fucking stupid. God. Meanwhile, they'll let people, <laughs> they'll let people post anti-vax memes. They'll let people post racist dog whistles, all kinds of shit like that. But me advocating for mm. not hitting your fucking kid will get you will get me a, a week's ban from Facebook. Yeah. I've got I've got a friend who um she makes multiple like Facebook profiles um that trick like white supremacists and KKK and militia folks and that kind of thing to adding her. Mm-hmm. And then she finds the information that they have that either shows that they committed crimes um, in which case she reports them mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, like their local law enforcement or FBI or what have you, or, and, or she'll find content that they do that violates Facebook's rules mm-hmm. and she'll get like as many of her friends as possible to report that profile. So it gets struck down. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just something she does is basically a hobby. Mm-hmm. And um, she has gotten many 30 day bans because uh, like she'll she'll screenshot a white supremacist photo that'll have like a swastika in it. Oh. and she'll say like, hey, go to this person's profile, report them. And Facebook will tag her image of that person's profile as having as violating their community standards yeah. again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stupid. It's just fucking dumb. Well, I wish they yeah. would tell you what community standard you violated when they say you violated something. Be like, well. No, I didn't violate that. Yeah. It wasn't until 2018 um, that Facebook published their community standards, like for everyone to see. Up until that point, it was a black fucking box. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, there's there's a fantastic podcast I listen to called Lawfare by the uh, Brookings Institute, and they cover a lot of like civil rights issues. And they've got an ongoing series every few episodes. They'll cover something about how like, Facebook is a fucking cancer for society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is. I, yeah, I've been saying that. See, that's why I said the internet's evil. <laughs> no, I didn't say the internet. I said Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a distinction there to be made for sure. Despite what Zuckerberg might think. Uh huh. Oh, <laughs> well, and now it's, now it's meta. So yeah, we're, we're going to have to have a, we're going to have to have a meta argument at some date in the future. oh but we have some other stuff to talk about and we'll do all of that on the other side of this break okay this is mithrin author of the abcs of science and mormonism as well as i should start a cult and you're listening to the godless revolution well apparently mood altering medication leads to street drugs that's what this very handsome young doctor said on the today show that was tom cruise the actor They said he was some kind of scientist. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Welcome back, everybody. 
you all know, of course, that Joe Joseph Robinette Biden is very much a Catholic guy. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. He he. I recall that. He he likes he likes the Pope. The Pope said he can get the communion still. <laughs> he went and everybody was worried that he was going to kiss the ring recently at the Vatican. That didn't happen. I and I don't think unless it happened behind closed doors. There are conspiracy theories saying that it, that that is what happened. Did they go behind closed doors, kiss the ring, and sacrifice a child? That he we're a papal state now. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. That he didn't kiss the ring in public or in at least view in in view of cameras that would be reporting that Joe Biden kissed the Pope's ring or anything like that. Um, he did give him a gift. And that's all fine. That happens to heads of state blood, all the time. Blood sacrifice? No, not as far oh. as I not as far as I know. Anyway, though, you I know, mean, how, if he didn't do a blood sacrifice, if they didn't kill a child, how fucking demonic is he? <laughs> right. I would say probably is it really a sac uh, sacrament. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say very much probably not at all. But, uh, I could be wrong. Uh, but I was excited to hear. You know, with Trump, there was a real encroachment of religion into the public sphere and into our government where it should not tread because that just is a recipe for disaster. What what Christians here in the United States, particularly evangelicals, don't seem to realize is that they're not the only not only not not only are they not the only religious sect when looked at broadly as Christians, but they're, they're not, they're not the only show in town for religion, right? They're, they're a minority among another minority. And they seem to think that if they come to power, that then they can force their particular brand of religion on everybody else. But as I think everybody who has been a longtime listener of the show knows Religion is a very personal thing, and there are no, there is no religion that that is the same from one person to the next. Sure, they may call themselves the the First Church of Christ on Main Street, right? But their beliefs and tenets and things that they do in that church as a congregation will be different than a Christian church named something slightly different who ostensibly believe in all the, in all the same things. You can go pew by pew, person by person within any congregation, and their beliefs will differ about the God that they worship and that they're there in the same fucking building to pray to. Their beliefs will be different among everybody in that congregation about what that God wants them to do, what he's commanded them to do, what he's done in the past, what he'll do in the future, what they think the future holds for them and the people they care about. It's different in every fucking church, and it's not just among churches, it's among individuals. And there is this mistaken notion among so many Christians here in the U.S. that if they can just get into power and just force enough of their religion into everybody else's lives that everybody will eventually see the light and believe the same thing that they do. But there is no centralized belief that everybody of any particular brand of religion all believes as a monolith. They're all fucking different. And with Trump, we saw that, that needling, that, that pressure, that outside influence of religion on our government in a lot of nefarious ways, and I was really happy to see that the Biden administration has reversed some of that recently. Uh, this story comes to us from the Friendly Atheist, 
Emmett Meta published this on November 8th. It says, nearly a year ago, during the Trump administration's lame duck session, they did something to appease their Christian right base one last time. Today, the Biden administration finally took the necessary step to reverse that. The U.S. government gives money to a number of groups for contract work, but since 1965, any company receiving that federal money can't discriminate against the people it hires. The only exception was religious nonprofit groups that got money to do secular work. They could set their own faith-based rules when it came to hiring, which is a huge fucking problem. Yeah. We're, we, are, we were all, regardless of faith or lack thereof, paying for companies that would be hired for these contracts. And if it was a religiously affiliated company, they could discriminate based on their religion against people that they wanted to work with or hire. It's, it's a religious loophole. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was Andrew Seidel who said it best. Um, he said that if America gets to the point where religion can be used as a justification for exemption for any law, then we will cease to be a country with rule of law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very well said. Um, the story continues and says that last December, Department of Labor Secretary Eugene Scalia, son of the late Supreme Court Justice, instituted new regulations that would allow religious discrimination in those federally funded workplaces, even if we weren't talking about a religious nonprofit. So theoretically, if a Christian man who ran a for-profit cleaning company received a federal contract, he could fire or refuse to hire Jews get rid of workers who got pregnant out of wedlock or kick out trans employees all under the umbrella of quote unquote religious freedom. Among other things, the new rules broadened the definition of what a religious contractor meant, gave more people the ability to discriminate against employees for dubious reasons and raised the bar for the U S government to take action. If someone was supposedly fired for illegal reasons, uh, slates, Mark Joseph Stern explained that the changes quote would essentially eliminate executive protections for millions of employees in the U S end quote. And that's yeah. hardly an exaggeration. The government gives out roughly $560 billion worth of federal contracts, which involve over 4 million employees. Many of them were now vulnerable to their employer's whims. But today the Biden administration and the department of labor proposed a rule change to undo all of that. Uh, it says that the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs proposes to rescind the regulations established in the 2020 rule in their entirety. OFCCP believes that the 2020 rule creates a lack of clarity regarding the scope and application of the exemptions because, as explained in more detail below, it misstates the law in key respects. In addition, as a threshold matter, OFCCP has reevaluated the need for the rule. For the 17 years prior to 2020, OFCCP implemented the executive order 11,246, or I'm sorry, executive order 11246 <laughs> religious exemption without seeking to codify its scope and application in specific regulatory language. Mm. So basically we're just going back to the way things were just as they should. Americans United for a separation of church and state president and CEO Rachel Laser praised the move. Quote, we applaud the Biden administration for rescinding this harmful Trump era policy, which allowed for-profit federal contractors to use government dollars to discriminate against workers in the name of religion. The Trump rule made it easier for federal contractors to discriminate against LGBTQ people, women, religious minorities, and the non-religious. Our nation promises everyone the freedom to believe as they want, but our laws cannot allow anyone to use their religious beliefs to harm others. 
No one should be turned away from a government-funded job because they can't meet a religious test. Rescinding this rule is an important step toward restoring religious freedom as a shield and not a license for government contractors to force their employees to live by their beliefs. Exactly. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's what's always got me with the whole religious, it's my religious freedom argument. It's like, well, yes, you are free to believe whatever you want, but that stops at you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't yep. transition into me. Mm-hmm. Because the second you say, I can't do something or you won't do something for me because it violates your religious rights. Well, now you're violating mine. Well, yeah, that's just it. Like, like Taylor said, and, and, and when he was paraphrasing yeah. Andrew, if you're going to allow exemptions to every rule for a religious belief, then there are no rules, right? There is no yeah. rule of law for, for religious people then, or people who want to claim whatever religion. They could always claim whatever the fuck they wanted as an exemption to the rule as part of their religious belief. Yeah, I, I, I personally believe there should be no religious exemptions for anything. No, there should. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, I guess I would I would have to see... I can imagine a case in which it would be fair to allow some exemption for a religious belief, but I'm, I don't, I don't, I guess I just don't want to say never. Well, I guess, so the only times where I can see, you know, a religious exemption being okay is uh -huh. say you're, you're, you're Muslim or you're Jewish and you, you don't eat pork. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be forced to eat pork in any situation. But that's that's at an individual level. And that like is an the way that the level. law yes. is, is supposed to be is that reasonable accommodations will be made to individuals with religious beliefs that would impact their ability to act as other people, right? Exactly. In the workplace. So if your if your holy day is Saturday instead of Sunday, and if you give people Sundays off to go to Catholic church, then you would want to give, you know, a Jewish person uh, Saturday off yeah. you know, or a Muslim person Friday off, right? Mm -hmm. um, if they can't eat pork and you provide, you know, say vegetarian options and you should also provide, you know, pork free options if it's yeah. just as easy to acquire. But um, what, we have, but that, what, we, what we have going on is we have someone sitting in the cafeteria that can't eat pork. So now no one in the cafeteria can have pork. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's this, there's this quote, which I would say is probably like my second most important quote after the Sark quote, um, and it's by a guy named uh, Frank Wilhoyt, and it is conservatism. Conservatism consists of exactly one proposition: there must be in groups whom the law protects but does not bind, alongside out groups whom the law binds but does not protect. Mm -hmm. I think I've heard you say this one before. Yeah, and and that's part of why. That's a huge part of why. I don't even like to use the term hypocritical when describing the special treatment that Christians demand on their own part and deny to others because it's not actually hypocritical to the conservative mindset. It's in line with their beliefs that they, conservatives, deserve particular rights above and beyond others and that others ought to be constrained in a way that they are not in, in like a very animal farm kind of way. Mm. Well, I mean, I still call it hypocritical once in a while, especially when you have like the LGBTQ issues where they're like, well, gays are just asking for more privilege. They want to do something. I can like, no, they're not. Mm -hmm. You are asking for a shitload of fucking exemptions and privileges that are only afforded to you if you're religious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
all this person wants to do is marry the person they love, which you are allowed to marry the person you love as well. Mm-hmm. Right. But that, that falls into the out group who yeah. the law binds yeah. and does not protect. And that's yeah. the thing is that like, given the basis of their, you know, belief system, it is not hypocritical to their expressed beliefs, right? It's merely that they try and engage in a language game that obfuscates that fact. And I think that we can do society um, more benefit by acknowledging that they truly want an unequal society, right? That, that that's what conservatives want. And the f- sooner that we acknowledge that and address it on its own terms, instead of pointing to like a supposed hypocrisy and instead say, no, they are just simply not egalitarian. They are illiberal. They are autocratic, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's acknowledging the problem so we can get about solving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The story continues. Mm-hmm. Um, with some input from American atheists, yay, who also (laughs) celebrated the reversal. Quote, we applaud the Biden administration for restoring workers' freedom of religion, said Allison Gill, vice president for legal and policy and friend of the show. Quote, the government should never fund businesses that justify discrimination based on religious beliefs, and and American taxpayers should never be forced to be complicit in its discrimination. Finally, Atheists, LGBTQ people, women, and religious minorities will see these important protections restored, said Nick Fish, president of American Atheists. Let me be clear. The people who will be complaining about this change do not care about religious freedom. They only care about how they can use religious, how, uh, they only care about how they can use religion as a weapon against people different from them. I applaud President Biden, Secretary Walsh, and this administration for protecting American workers from religiously motivated discrimination, Fish added. I like Nick. He's a good dude. Yeah, we had him on the show. Yeah, uh, a couple different times, I think. Yeah, we have, I yeah know at we least him, twice. We had, we had him in studio him, once. Yeah, we had him once in studio and then once via remote. Yeah. yeah. We have more news that is tied to religion and or atheism. And we'll talk about that on the other side of this little break. Hey, gang, this is Jack Materko from For Infernal Use Only and the Naked Diner podcast, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Look, I know that I don't know about this housing stuff, but I've got this Christian girlfriend now, and she's trying to get me to be a better man and and reconnect with my son, and I'm trying to get her to renounce God and f*** me, and I just want to prove to her that I'm worth it. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Welcome back, everybody. The last story, well, I don't know if it's the last, it depends on how much time it takes for us to get through it, (laughs) but I noticed this headline earlier today from Eric Metaxas, who is kind of a religious dipshit. Like he's, I don't know, he he views everything through the lens of Christianity, which is fine, I suppose, for a lot of people, and it depends on what views you deem Christianity or not. But his seems to be a very exclusionary version of Christianity, not just against other religions, but against other types of Christianity also, it seems. And... So I saw this headline that says, Eric Metaxas, is atheism the enemy of freedom? Here's how retreating from faith makes the U.S. less free somehow. And I thought, oh, 
well, this should be fun. This should be delightful. I'm excited to see, a, a, you know, a, a great argument for why allowing religious freedom somehow makes us less free. Should, should I do it now or later, Dan? <laughs> Sark quote? No, no. I was just going to say, oh. does Judaism make America less free? <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. All of these are great questions. Uh, so this is from Fox News, of course, where yeah. Eric Metaxas is a opinion writer and, and uh, talking head occasionally. The story says that although no one in America is forced to go to church— we have had more churchgoers in our history than any nation in the world. Uh, big fucking deal. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's something to brag about. <laughs> Religious liberty, meaning we can choose any faith or none, was a wild concept when the founders decided to try it 250 years ago. But it has made America one of the most religious countries on the planet. I would argue with that one. <laughs> When Alex de Tocqueville visited in 1826, he was astonished to see freedom and faith working together in his own, Mm. in his own France (laughs) and in most of Europe, the opposite was the case. Each nation's established church was allied to the powerful state. Consequently, faith was not free, which sent so many from that continent to America seeking freedom of worship. The American Revolution enabled us to create a nation that enshrined religious liberty in its laws, but the French Revolution did the opposite. The Jacobins saw the monarchy and the church as two parts of the same oppressive system. As they shouted their slogan of Liberté, Egalité, Fraternité, they butchered priests, monks, and nuns alongside monarchists and aristocrats. Okay, that's it. I really want to get Andrew Seidel on the show to have an extended discussion about Lysite. Uh huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really want that conversation, Dan. <laughs> we'll do it. Talk to him when you're talk to him when you're in Boston this week. I will. I will. Or next week. So it was America's founders who uniquely understood that religious liberty was the key to all other liberties. Liberty or self government required a virtuous people which was usually the result of, free, of freely held faith. Those who answered to a higher power didn't need government to coerce them into doing the right thing. They did it on their own. Ah, uh, well, or they did it because church told them to. Well, and that's just it. Like, he's, he's pretending to believe that people who believe in a higher power don't commit any fucking crimes, right? Yeah. That they, that they don't need the government to coerce them into doing the right thing. They do it on their own, except when they fucking don't. It's not atheists who are filling up our fucking prisons, Eric Metaxas, you fucking asshole. Story continues and says, it was a tremendous historic gamble. But we can only see, but we can see nearly 250 years later that it worked, making America the wealthiest and freest nation that ever existed. Uh, I would disagree. I would, <laughs> I would like to know. Yeah, I, I would like to know what metrics he's using to measure these things, right? These are quantifiable things that he can point to statistics, some, some bit of evidence to support the assertions that he's making here. But of course, he doesn't fucking do that. I think, I think we need to know if this is like an inclusive or an exclusive and, you know, because like yeah. if it's, if it's got to be both the wealthiest and the freest nation in history, uh-huh. then like, yeah, maybe because like our competitors there would be like 
Norway on the freest or, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, the, the Netherlands, right. Versus the wealthiest would probably be like, I don't know, the Romans, right. At their height in terms of, of relative purchase power parity. Mm. But like, you know, a Rome wasn't all thing. that free and mm-hmm. Norway well, isn't all that wealthy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's rack and stack the countries. Well, yeah. Well, that's just <laughs> it. Like he doesn't point to any statistics or anything here. He's he just throwing oh, no. out assertions. Of course. Uh, The story continues and says, it was a tremendous historical gamble, but we can see nearly 250 years later that it worked, making America the wealthiest and freest nation that ever existed. I've already said that. Yeah. So the story continues and says, in recent years, however, America has lurched toward secularism. (laughs) The idea of of a, quote, separation between church and state, end quote, was meant by the founders to keep the state out of the business of church, but it has been dramatically recast as a way of, as a way of keep the state. This, this is Fox. I don't know if they just don't have a fucking editor, if they're or if they're shit at their job. But it actually says, but it has been dramatically recast as a way of keep the state and culture vor- virtually free of all religious influence. I'm guessing it was supposed that's, to be keeping the state. Yeah, that, that's um, what they meant. An and or something. Yeah. yeah, or two rather. Yeah. Uh, here's here like. This isn't an actionable statement, but I'm very favorable towards the quote that is no man shall be free until the last king is strung up by the entrails of the last priest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Quote. Yeah, that's yeah. I, that's, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I like that one. But, but what I hear him saying is we don't want the government in our lives, but we want to keep putting religion in all of your lives and you're stopping us from doing that. Yeah. Well, and what, Eric Metaxas and so many other Christian bigots seem to fucking forget is that they are not the only religious show in town, right? You can't say, you can't say that we don't want the state mixing in with our church. That's the only reason that we have this separation of church and state, but it should be perfectly fine for religion to muck around with the, with the government. Right. That's that's not how the way it works, because is he then saying that he would be perfectly fine with allowing Muslims to dictate what women wear in the United States? Is that the fucking argument he's trying to make here? That's the thing, though, is that they know that they're not the only game in town, which is why they use the mechanism of gerrymandering and voter suppression to maintain minority rule. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not hypocrisy. It's by design. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The story continues and says, consequently, we rarely celebrate the ideas that flow from faith as we once did. Virtue and honor and duty are no longer advocated in our public schools, and in most universities and in popular culture, they are often mocked along with religion itself. No, 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 no. Religion is mocked. Oh, are you sure? Are you sure it's not like part of official curriculum that we mock virtue and honor and duty and that we don't advocate them in our public schools? Well, I, I guess it define, <laughs> depends on what he defines as virtue, honor, and duty. Yeah. If he's saying virtue means you must stay celibate, and you must get married, and you must have 10 kids, and if you don't do that, you're not virtuous, or you don't follow the Lord, you're not virtuous, and if you don't bow down to honor a God, you're not honoring anybody. And if you don't go to church every Sunday, you're not doing your duty. Well, then I guess he is correct. Cause we do say that's fucking bullshit. We laugh at you for making us want to do that shit. Yeah. Why? And, and it kills me that conservatives quote unquote conservatives constantly are advocating for less government, less government intrusion on our lives. The government should stay out of everybody's private lives, but they're the first to jump on the fucking 
American bandwagon to say that you need to perform your life and rituals as a citizen in the United States exactly as we want you to according to our religious beliefs. Yeah. Uh, continues and says, but this retreat from faith has inevitably made us less free. Bullshit. I'm curious to see where he's going with this. I'm sure it's going to be, you know, a completely sound reason. It, it's yes, going oh, to be, yeah. it's going to be very, very logical how he arrives at that conclusion. Okay. Let's, let's just see what he says. He says, <laughs> when we become less active in governing ourselves, we look to the government for solutions. Government thereby grows and our abilities to govern ourselves quickly atrophy. I'm confused. Yeah. Because I guess a government allowing, yeah, a government allowing you to do certain things and having freedoms and you exercising those means that you're not doing what God wants you to do necessarily. I don't know. That just, or, or does or does governing ourselves mean you need to be governed by a God and not by the actual institution of government? Yes, probably the latter. Yeah, probably so that. You stop looking to God to help repave your roads and fix your bridges. You now look to government to repave your roads and fix your your, your bridges. I'm I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Which countries are the happiest, healthiest, longest living, lowest infor- infant mortality rate, highest educated, and lowest belief in oh. God again? Yeah, America yeah. is uh, not on any of those lists. <laughs> Like, well, they're on those lists, but not near the top. Unless you go in reverse order. If we go into reverse order, we're like, one is the worst, and we're at the top. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Metax S continues and says that the Democrats in 2012 even chose to remove mention of God from their political platform. And their and their decades long advocacy for big government has grown, has since grown into an embrace of socialist and culturally Marxist ideas such as critical race theory. No, you fucking dipshit! <laughs> I, quick, quick, quick plug. Um, because like, I would love to do an episode on critical race theory, but I'm also a lazy man. Um, <laughs> and we couldn't hold a candle to uh, Andrew Torres's breakdown of what critical race theory actually is Mm -hmm. in episode 501 of opening arguments. So like, but I recommend go check that one out. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll give a quick synopsis. Uh, Critical race theory is not what Fox news says it is. (laughs) Yes. That's a great quick synopsis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that goes for pretty much, Almost anything that's on Fox News, that's not what it is. Whatever Fox is saying it is, that's not what it is. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. What was that study that showed that, like, people who don't watch news at all are better informed than people who watch Fox News? News? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's. uh, I almost feel like we shouldn't teach any World War II history about the Nazis anymore because I have German heritage and that that offends me. (laughs) Oof. Uh, Sure. Um, Mr. (laughs) I might've taken that the wrong way, but you know what I'm saying? Uh (laughs) So Eric continues and says, for examples of where this trend eventually goes, we observe the governments where the state has overwhelming control over its citizenry do not merely lean away from God, but become officially atheistic. 
The former Soviet Union and today China and North Korea are two chilling examples. In such countries, those who believe in God become a direct threat to the government's power. Well, that's because those are um, dictatorships, basically. And China does have authorized uh, religious groups. They have, you know, government-sanctioned religions. Yeah, North Korea's government-sanctioned religion is is Kim Jong Un. But uh, yeah, well, Eric Metaxas strikes me as the type of Christian conservative who really doesn't know fuck all about the rest of the world, right? He's got a mm-hmm. vague notion of what happens outside his little bubble. But other than that, he's completely mm-hmm. fucking clueless. Like he has no idea what China actually allows as far as religion, what mm-hmm. North Korea allows as religion, what, so, what the Soviet Union allows for religion. Well, and in the typical like Christo fascist um, like way of doing things, it doesn't matter because he and his ilk have constructed a mythos of what the rest of the world is like and which countries that their type are supposed to love or hate. Mm -hmm. And whatever image they've constructed about those countries is the only one that matters, regardless of what reality reflects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and and for them, perception is reality. So whatever he perceives, whatever he's been taught, whatever he's absorbed through other conservative outlets is what informs his beliefs on anything else, which is one of the most pernicious aspects of religion. It's that it informs all of your beliefs about other things. And if you have as a base just absolute abject fucking bullshit. Everything else is going to be tinged and painted with that bullshit brush. Mm -hmm. Oh, this next paragraph, the next two (laughs) paragraphs. Oh my fuck. Uh, So it says Christians and Jews were especially brutally persecuted in the former Soviet union. If your atheist worldview holds that these human beings are not sacred and created in God's image, what's to stop you from torturing and murdering them for the greater good of the state? And I'm, I'm, I'm editor, I'm editorializing this a little bit because the editing in this story is fucking terrible because it actually says what's to stop you for torturing and murdering them for the greater good of the state. Uyghur Muslims in today's China are enslaved and often murdered for their organs, which fetch a very high price on the international market. Well, I've never heard that. No, yeah, that's absolutely a thing. Is uh, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, Chinese, the Chinese definitely harvest organs from prisoners. Um, they definitely imprison Uyghur minorities. And there is a, like open secret of a Chinese gray market for selling organs um, abroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That have been harvested I mean, from the Uyghur population. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's I, such a well-known like open secret that it was a major like plot point in the book world war Z from like the 2000, mm-hmm. like five timeframe. Mm-hmm. I think he's just mad. We can't do that here in the U S <laughs> Uh, He continues and says that when Hitler and the Nazis forced their socialist atheist views on Germans, and and I love how he ties, I love how he ties socialism and atheism together as if they, you know, just magically go hand in hand. Uh, But when they, when they forced their socialist atheist views on Germans, the Lutheran pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer knew that the church alone had the cultural and moral power to stand against it. But because his pleas to speak out and fight were largely met with indifference by a complacent church, 12 million human beings were murdered in death camps. Will the American church follow the German church in Germany in this, or will we learn from Bonhoeffer's history? 
Listener, go ahead and look up what the uh, German Iron Cross uh, medal looks like and also the phrase Gott, Gott mit, mit uns. uns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he says that this, of course, is the great paradox of freedom. A free nation cannot force anyone to believe or to be virtuous and self-governing. And he thinks mm. that's a problem. Apparently, but if the people in a free nation abandon faith and virtuous behavior or even let it erode away slowly, the government will inevitably step into that vacuum and will grow to enforce its views with increasing brutality. And again, he's making these wild ass fucking assumptions about shit. But if people, he, he says, but if people in a free nation abandon faith and virtuous behavior again, who behaves more virtuously People who who are avowed Christians or people who say that they are atheists, you can't you can't tell me that more atheists commit more crimes than Christians do. Well, when I when I see that, I kind of go down like the LGBTQ line, or like, hey, if you're allowing homosexual marriages, you are no longer virtuous, and that is a horrible behavior. And now the government's letting you do that, so now you're letting the government take control of that. Mm. I mean, from a Christian's point, I bet they think that is a non-virtuous behavior. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He concludes his bullshit opinion piece here and says, and while a free nation cannot and should not try to coerce atheists toward belief, people of which he's been fucking arguing for this whole goddamn yeah. time. Saying we need to. <laughs> yeah. While we still have a voice have an urgent duty to alert our fellow citizens that all the religious freedom protects atheists. Atheism itself, nonetheless has an inherent and alas, well-established tendency to work not only against religious freedom, but against all freedoms. Let no. the reader understand. <laughs> A well-established tenden tendency to work not only against religious freedom, but against all freedoms. What the fuck is he talking about? I can't, you know, I should have, you know, after reading this through a second time, I should have probably gone through and like numbered all of the assertions that he's making here. The, the bogus bullshit assertions that he's making with absolutely no evidence. When we know that evidence actually exists to the contrary to make his points in this story, it's all fucking nonsense that he's based this entire opinion piece on. And Fox I, I is mean, like, we, we can, should publish we that. Put, That's a great idea. We can put three minutes on the clock and I can Sherpa you through the like worldview of uh, Christians as far as socialism and atheism are concerned. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's a whole thing. They've got the whole fucking thing. Um, okay. So, so Christians view uh, the Nazi party as being atheist and also socialist because it's the national socialist, uh, sorry, sorry, I can't think of it in German off the top of my head, but it's the National Socialist Workers Party. Yeah. And the reason why in the real world it was a National Socialist Workers Party is because it was started as an op by the German government uh, through like Intel cutouts to create an alternative for social movements popular amongst workers in Germany at the time. And so the National Socialist Workers Party was trying to take away members of socialists in Germany in order to have like a pro-state, like anti-socialist party. Um, they call that socialism because it's in the name. Same thing, you know, that they do with uh, uh, like, like the, well, the opposite of what they do with something like, uh, say, the Korean government, right? Which is neither a people's republic nor democratic. Um, 
atheism uh, is inherent to Germany because like socialists are atheists. So that's why they say that like when atheism pops up in governments, it takes away everyone's liberty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because some socialist republics banned religion uh, as like, which was largely a consequence of the governments that they had overthrown being monarchies, which claim the right to power by divine rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's the the. I, someday I need to do an episode that kind of like gives the basic like Christian conservative worldview as they believe it. Mm-hmm. I think that would probably be useful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like, I, but just every now and then I like to read stories like this where we can go through and pick apart like all of the bad faith arguments that this fucking asshole is making all throughout here. Like all of his arguments are built on a foundation of bullshit and lies and just wild ass assertions that he's throwing out there with absolutely no justification whatsoever for whatsoever for believing in them other than it's, well, I think that's probably true because that's what I think of uh, the world in general. So I just think it's a good thing that we can, it's a little public service that we do here on the show occasionally to read through bullshit arguments like this and pick apart why they are so indeed stinky. All right. So if you want to put three minutes on the clock, I can give you the really quick version of why Christian conservatives talk about the whole German atheist socialist thing. I would love to do that. However, we have already extended past the time allotted for this show. What I will do though is let you do that three minutes, but I will put that in as a Patreon bonus or extension for this episode. How's that sound? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So here's what it looks like. Um, That was probably longer than three minutes. Oh no. That's why they do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. And it was, it was a little bit more than three minutes, but it was all fantastic information. I really, really like it. And I will be sure to put that in for our Patreon supporters. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, dear listener, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode and you get all kinds of fun stuff like Taylor's insights on Nazi Germany and why the term Judeo-Christian came about. Before we go, though, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would be two skeptical chaps. A noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. A perfectly cromulent statement. Alan Firth. All hail, Peanuth Buttra. Don't be a Richard. Hunter Grant. John McCullough. Ollie Olson. Shanae Duffy, the best name. Steve Cuno. Stephen Andrus, Theodore Sellen, Tiffany Hudson, Vanessa, Al Jones, Gay Frog Brigade, Corey Ebert, Freethinker215, Jeff Peterson, Jeremy Goodson, Matthew Sanders, Megan Mitchell, the guy that asks questions before he finishes the show, Utah Outcasts, Wesley Aaron, Janet Uter, Purple Dragon, Ryan Mayfield, Sarah Segovia, Savid Acuna, Tim Jacobson, Trisha Weir, Krusty the Clown wants you to please support Camp Quest. And James. Woo! Thank you all very, very much. We appreciate you guys more than you know. That's it. I'm done. I'm going to go. I'm going to, I think I'm going to kill this, the rest of this bottle of scotch tonight, maybe. Oh, my God. <laughs>